We have signed Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler is now part of the UFC. You'd show up to a gym somewhere across the country. You're not sure who you're going to draw first round. You're not sure when you're going to wrestle. You're not sure what's going to go on. This is kind of embracing the uncertainty, and that's what I've done my entire career. Did we start the show? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're in. We're in. And Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler, uh, is, uh, yeah. Michael Chandler is Michael Chandler is co-main event uh, against Dan Hooker. What an amazing first fight for him in the UFC that is. Um, how tall is he, Dan Hooker? Uh, how tall is Dan Hooker? Good yes. question. Let's Let look see. that up. Let's that, look my, that up. My, I don't my, have that in front of me. Let's yell at somebody to do it. I don't have a, that. We need a lackey. Jimmy, we need a lackey. We do need, we need a, a lackey. guy that we could just go. He's six feet tall. That's what I'm hearing right here. Six feet flat. Okay. Um, he, oh, is it, did wow. they give us the answer? Yes. Okay. You mean put your little glasses on? No. No. It's uh, six feet. He's six feet. And yeah. Michael Chandler is five, six, correct? I think so, yeah. He's Definitely small. five, six. Not five, not five, seven. Almost. Well, so am I. Yeah, I think my wife's saying I'm getting shorter. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, it's not fucking funny. I know. You know? I Shit, maybe because my knees are bad. I don't know. They're, they're fucking, I'm shrinking. I'm still dangerous. What's up, Dean Thomas? Hey! <laughs> What's hey, buddy. up? Hey, Dean. Come on, man. What's up, Jimmy? How you doing, pal? I'm good, man. I miss you guys. Do we miss well, you? Well, we miss you. Something I never thought I would say or mean. Listen, <laughs> is it true? No, it's true. I know it's true. But I want to jump right into it. You just got off a bicycle that you've been on for like two days. Does Jimmy know about that? Jimmy? I did, yes. Across oh. Florida. Yes, I did. Sorry, Jim. I'm not trying to get you up on Dean's, on Dean's. Dean, how long did it take you to do that? It took us 21 hours. Was there a, a break? Like, was that broken up or did you do it straight through? Or did you? It was a span of two days. So we rode for 11 hours the first day Oof. and then 10 hours the second day. Had you ever ridden a bike, uh, ridden a bike that long before? No, the longest I've ridden before was, um, was about eight. And I did a, a, a hundred miles in eight. So, wow. At what point do you realize it was a bad mistake to, to take that on? Like, is there a point where you're riding and you're like seven hours in and you're like, oh, there's all 15 hours to go. There's a no, lot. That, that happened about seven minutes in. Oh, you realize it was an error. Like I, started, I was like, oh, my God, what did we get ourselves into? Where did your mind go during that thing? You, are you listening to you have your little, you, I mean, I see those fucking ears. No earbuds are fitting in those. What do you, uh, do, you have, <laughs> what do you have? Do you have the old school big Headset. What do you have on? Would you have any music? No, I don't, man. I don't do music. I do it, man. I do it cold, man, because like I want to have like awareness to the world when I'm riding. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I gotta pay attention. I don't want to get hit by a car. Or That's true. Ran off the road. You know what I'm saying? So man. I gotta make sure I'm aware. 
But it, so are you kind of like, yeah, but sometimes when you're like that, don't you zone out into your own thoughts and like go into your own, like, you know, uh, what political thoughts or just things in your personal, like just don't you start getting wrapped up in that and get lost in that? Yeah, you do. You do. But then, then the wind kicks in and you're like, God damn it. I wish this wind would turn the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. And what made you want to do this for, for um, mental health? Yeah. Mental health was mental health in general. But I specified it as men's mental health because I felt I figured like that was a little bit more important at the, at the moment. And Matt, you know, you know as well as how, I do. First of all, how dare you? What? Are you attacking me? What are you saying? No, I'm telling. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you that as a as a as a dude who has a school and coaches oh, fighters. Okay. Yeah, as a, we have we deal with this a lot, like mental issues that we deal with yes. with our fighters, whether they're competing. I never, or- I never claim to be normal. Wait, yeah. what are you getting at? No, what I- <laughs> you are mentally healthy though, Matt. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm fucking around. I'm fucking around. Okay, no, I'm, what I'm, I'm saying is I'm fucking around as I'm approaching fifty, drinking out of my Ninja Turtle cup. Yeah, you, you're, like, not mentally, you're not mentally. You're not Matt's like, how could you say I'm not mentally healthy? I like Merkin fools. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh shit, Jimmy. Oh, don't make me look at myself. This is not about me and my mental problems. Dean Thomas, what made you choose out of all the things that you did it for depression and mental awareness? Yeah, it was like it was like just brain health for men in general. Right. But you know, being involved in this sport, man, we see it a lot. Like dudes going through it and and they start acting out and start acting and acting, you know, just doing bad things to themselves or the people around them. Yeah. So I wanted to address that. And that's why I started. That's why I did this ride. You got like Dean Thomas, what the fire underneath you, what happened with, listen, they got to come back and visit you for the, for the, um, where are they now show on, on, <laughs> cause they visited you before you really got shit going on. Look at you. You're everywhere. I know, man. Yeah, and now, listen, because they visited you when you were still doing well, you were doing your shit. And uh, but look at you now, you're taking over. I told um, Jimmy about yeah. the Dean's diaries, and I was shocked that he didn't see them. I heard about it. I'm your friend. I'm in the know. So I yeah. knew that you were doing, but a lot of people seen it. It's 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 got a lot of views. It's fun. There was one, there's just two of them so far, correct? Yeah, there's two of them. Yeah, yeah. One of them was at Fight Island. Uh-huh. And the other one, wait, the other one was with uh, uh, the Savage, uh, Jillian Robinson. And it's yeah. you guys taking a road trip. And yeah. they visited Wonder Boy and his father, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what the original plan was, Matt, was to come visit you. How'd that get? Oh, yeah. Well, then what happened? The coronavirus? Remember, you told me you had to fight that weekend because you had, um, I think that was the weekend Al Jermaine was supposed to fight or Marab was supposed to fight. And so they you said he wasn't going to be around. You know what's funny? Both those fights too got canceled. So I, I would. But listen, hey man, hey, I'm not teaching you no sidekick like Wonder Boy Thompson. You <laughs> well, man, and listen, we wanted. I wanted to come train with you and Aljamain, man, because Aljamain is like my favorite fighter. Nah, he like my dude. Aljo is so much fun to watch, dude. I'll yeah. tell you right now, and I, and and this is this is true. I watched his special twice. Mm-hmm. Both times, Dean Thomas, don't look at me differently. 
You like are. a like a bitch. Like I, I'm not even. I, I'm well. Maybe I am like that a little. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy. But uh, only when I think of my kids and stuff. But but the thing with uh, that thing with Aljo got me so I don't know. It got me. What so special, cool. Matt? You talked about that. Where can I see that? It's called. Oh my god! You haven't seen it. You didn't no. see it. You seen no. it, Thomas? Right. Yeah, I saw. I saw it twice. It's called not broken. Non broken? No, not not broken. broken. Not, not broken. Yeah. I'm going to send myself a note right now to, uh, because you know why they did reenactments and usually the reenactments are cheesy. I don't know. How was it for you when you watched it, Dean Thomas? Tell me. I mean, it was, it was powerful. I was thinking like, like I watched it the first time and then I watched it again with Savage. I said, we got to, you got to watch this. This is so powerful. This is so inspiring. Word. Where yeah, can I see it? It's on YouTube. Okay. Aljamain, is it Aljamain Sterling? Yeah. Aljamain Sterling, not broken. Okay. Done and by Rory Karmps. It was so, it, you know what it was? I, I thought maybe, because then I started asking people what they thought, and they said the same thing as you, Dean. Because I thought maybe it was extra because I know him. And then when I see his mom on there and his sister and his brother, and they, and then they did the reenactments. Oh, dude, Jimmy. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's really good. You know, okay. I, I, you know, I, Aljo, He's such a good guy, and he made so many good choices. Like he made, like he made like the right choices in his life, and and he easily could have went down a different path. And you know, you never hear him like bitching about it. You never it's hear like, him you like, oh, you would have never oh, known that was his life. Never. He's never. not a poor. He's not like that poor me type of kid. No, no, he's, man. He's doing phenomenal. He's doing like phenomenal for himself. He's got a house in Vegas. He's got a house like near me out here in Long Island. He's doing great. And he's such a great guy. He's always helping out with the wrestling. He's just such a, he's such a good guy. And he's going to be a great champion, man. I, I want to, I can't yeah. wait to see him fight. Peter Young. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love that special. And like, I made, I made Jillian Savage watch it with me. I was like, you got to watch this. It's so inspiring. Like it made me want to come out of retirement and fight. It made me feel like I could do it. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, Jimmy, you gotta watch it. I'm telling I definitely you. I love Aljo. So I, I love <laughs> Jimmy, hold on. What is this? A, re- a reboot of, of Digstown? Listen, calm down there, Lucas. I'll be James Woods. I'll be James Woods. <laughs> you, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Louis Gossip Jr. Remember that? Yeah, Louis Gossip Jr. <laughs> Digstown. Digs, Jimmy, do you ever see Digstown? I have not, no. Holy shit. It's what is it? It's it's the guy from Iron Eagle. Who's that? Yeah, yeah, Lou Gossett Jr. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and he's an old boxer, and he has to come back. And what do you have to do? Fight like ten oh. guys in a night or some shit? <laughs> it is so. It's one of those that's so bad. It sounds awful. It's so good. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, the thing is, I knew Dean Thompson know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. But <laughs> look at it. Listen, hey man, I could ride a bike around town. And I, with my kids, and I'm all happy about it. Like, oh, that was good. I, I tell my kids, that's what we call active rest. We're getting a workout. Dude, I'm not getting a workout. I'm, I'm literally, I'm like coasting, and I'm fucking, I'm taking a break. I'm getting ice cream. You know, look at you. You go, that's amazing. Me and Jimmy, we're not doing that shit. You I'm doing crazy. it again. You I'm going, this time I'm going from uh, Miami to Jacksonville. I'm already planning my route. Now, is that for a different cause? It might be for a different cause. I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out. It might be for, you know, I like to, I like to spread myself out. You know what I'm saying, Matt? <laughs> you just like to help so many people. Yeah. I mean, what else is there to do in this world? There's enough evil in this world. You know what I'm saying? We got to be helpful. That's yeah, I guess it feels true. good to do something positive, right? It feels good to be, uh, to be doing something that you know is for a good cause. 
Yeah, especially I now, wouldn't know. man, with so I've much negativity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, right? You hear Dean doing stuff like this and all these guys with their causes. Yeah. And I'm spending hours in virtual reality. I know. <laughs> and last night, Sir Foxy Grandpa, he was pinned down. He's a buddy of mine on there. And I and I had to get him out of trouble. And I had a snipe. That's this snipe I had to do. And I, I, it was so good. I like dreamt about that snipe, the way I sniped this guy in my VR. But meanwhile, this guy's helping the world. Is that, I am Dean Thomas. You're making me feel horrible about myself. No, don't feel horrible about yourself. No, yeah. listen, you help a lot of people. I don't know how, but in some way, I'm sure that you do. What are you saying? Yeah. What? Listen, Dean Thomas, listen, we all help in our own ways. In our yeah, own ways. Okay. In our, why are you looking at me? Why are you saying it like you don't believe me in my own ways? Jimmy? No, I agree with you. In our own ways, we like Dean does something tangible, like charity for people with mental health issues. And yeah. we do uh, whatever it is we convince ourselves that we're helping. But you know, Dean, you-, Dean actually- <laughs> <laughs> you spread the art of laughter, Jimmy. Yeah, that's like, true. Like disease. Yeah, that is true. I'm the only I'm the only useless one in the group. <laughs> No, you teach people to defend themselves. That, holy shit, that's true. That's right. Let me tell you something. Yeah, but, but you charge them so it doesn't count. That's a good point. Oh, wait, listen, man. That's I, a good point. Got to keep the lights on, Dean Thomas. <laughs> All right, man. Listen, when I don't get out of our fucking garage, it's not part of my... I got like a fucking space. I got to... <laughs> Are you charging anybody room and board in your motherfucking thing over there? Of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> Poor fucking Jillian Robbins is like Cinderella in that motherfucker. She's sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean Thomas, I am so excited that yeah. we're going to be uh, seeing each other, man. We're back at it, man. I know, man. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Oh shit! I don't want to. I don't want to get too excited about it because we have so much fun. Yep. On our when we have our trips, it's. I don't even want to make like it's work. Oh wait, hold on, Jimmy. What? Why don't you come with us to Fight Island? Well, I have to be invited. I can't just go. That's I can't just show up. You know what? That's so true, Dean. Remember that espresso we get when we're there? Oh yes, isn't that fun? Sounds like a lot of fun. I love Fight Island. The guys Jimmy. having fun, fun at Fight Island, having coffee. Okay, so listen, it's gonna be so much fun. We have um Michael Chandler on. Michael's in, yes, he's in the waiting room. <laughs> Is he really? Yes, he just got here. I I can't wait to talk, Jimmy. First of all, I'm only kidding. I want you to go. I know. I would love to go. You know, yeah. I'm gonna bring my VR with me. They're not getting but- my hints though. I, I keep texting Dana pictures of me with a green screen palm tree behind me, you know, all this shit that I'm hoping to go. I'm hoping to go, wow, that looks right. That looks good. You writing back a wrong number or something? <laughs> yeah, I get an error message. Like my, it didn't go through, which means I'm probably blocked. Yeah, I'd like to go. Well, I, dude, I really, I want, I want you there because it's almost too much fun. I don't want to say too loud because my wife's on. I don't want to be like, oh, you're going to have fun. Like, I'm going to work, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's talk to uh, Michael Chandler, man. He's yes. recently got announced. That he's, he recently got announced. He's going to fight uh, Dan Hooker. Yeah, are you so, staying with us for a while, Dean? You going to hang with no, us? I got. I got to get out of here, man. Oh, I got to. No. I got to go. Why? My, I got to go to work, man. I work too. Yeah, but you're you're the boss. You, can't you just go when you say? That's why you left. No, this is this is my radio show. Oh, okay. I got to go do my radio show. That's what I'm okay. saying, man. That's what I, yeah. they visited him a while ago. 
There was no radio show. There was, I think he was still cutting hair in a barbershop. And he was like working part-time at American Top Team, this and that. A lot's happened in the last five or so years. Dean Thomas. I know, man. I'm, tr- I'm trying to come up. But listen, the, what, I, what I really want to do is go to New York to see you, Matt. See you, Matt. But y'all got too many restrictions up there. Listen to me. I don't want to talk about the restrictions, but I will tell you the one good thing that came out of this whole COVID thing. There's What's less um, uh, improv. But listen, Dean Thomas, <laughs> yes. not that I wouldn't want to see you, not that the world misses your improv, but seriously, stay on the fucking bike, please. The next time you're thinking about doing that, jump on the bike for another 12 hours. <laughs> Dean, we love you, man. All right. All right, fellas. I'm going to catch up with you guys. All right. Take care, pal. Good see you as always. Bye-bye. Peace. There he is. Hey, Michael. What's up, Michael Chandler? How are we? Good. How you doing, man? We, we, last time we talked to you, I don't remember exactly when that was, but we were talking about uh, you were still kind of waiting for a fight, waiting to see what happened. And man, they gave you they gave you a good one for your first shot. Uh, yeah, man. We went through a lot of different names. So we uh, we settled on uh, Hooker, finally got it done. And here we are fighting in a couple of weeks. So let's go. Yeah. And what other names did you uh, settle? Like, what, what was the closest you came before Dan Hooker to, to possibly having one that didn't that didn't uh, come? Close is a relative term, I've realized in the UFC. Right. Uh, you know, we uh, I mean, the last time we spoke, you know, we were talking about uh, Ferguson. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just got done or just about ready to head into Fight Island, which I was the backup. Uh, so it made sense made sense for Tony Ferguson to, well, first of all, fight me on, on fight Island, October 24th. He didn't want to do that. Then, uh, you know, we kind of had our sights set on him. Okay. Let's fight in January. Cause I said, I needed a little bit of time off, man. I had been in camp from March all the way until October and my family deserved to have their husband. My wife that deserved to have their husband. My son deserved to have his father home for just a couple weeks, recharge the jets, re- recharge the body, and then, uh, you know, get back down to Florida and go back into training. Cause I, I don't train where I live or I don't live where I train. I train down here in Florida, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. So that's obviously my own choice. Uh, right. but I, I told the UFC, I'm, I need a couple weeks off. And then whenever Tony tried to say he wanted to fight me in December, I said, no, because man, first of all, it was three, four weeks notice. And secondly, I wasn't in camp. So but Michael, can I ask you, is that a conscious decision to not train where you live because you, you don't want the distraction or is that just the way it worked out? Just the way it works out. You know, my wife and I, my wife and I made the decision, you know, she's a, she is a, a career woman. Uh, she's got a phenomenal career. She, she is a lifelong learner getting degrees and, and works, works full time back in Nashville. She didn't want to just come down and follow me down to Florida and just kind of be a stay at home wife, stay at home right. mom. Like she's, that's what she wants to do. And who am I to, who am I to tell her, uh, tell a, tell a motivated, you know, career woman that she can't do that. You know, that's not how you get the best out of your, out of your wife. It's not how she gets the, the most edified and the most happy. So, right. you know, it works for us, you know, truthfully here I am in some different place than the last time we talked, you know, I've been in two different places. I'm working on buying a condo down here. So I actually have my own place, but living in someone else's house at a VRBO va- vacation rental, a uh, new place, but the, the goal is still the same living down here, like a Spartan, go to training, go to the grocery store, go home, go to training, repeat. It's important to, uh, I'm sorry, Jimmy, but I, you know, I'm just saying, I feel it's important to uh, mentally as well as physically to be uh, to peak at the right time when you have a fight. So like, even though you didn't um, end up fighting that time, you had to make weight as if you were fighting. 
Yeah. And I mean, man, to to go through that and to go through a camp, uh, it, it's hard. I mean, not everybody could do like what Kevin Holland does. I don't. I mean, I couldn't do it when I was when I was fighting. I mean, I wouldn't feel like you'd get the best version of me if that makes yeah. sense. You yeah, and, and, and truthfully, you know, I think uh, you know you you gotta you gotta ask for a little bit of grace from from the naysayers, from the media, from the from the fans who were just like, oh, this guy doesn't want to fight. He's been signed with the UFC for a year and hasn't fought. First of all, it's only been like four months. It has right. signed yeah. in the middle of September. Yeah. You know, here we are January now. It hasn't been that long. It just seems like it's been that long because there was so much hype right yeah. away. Shot out of a cannon. Hey, the guy who came over, how's he going to do? Everybody wants to see me fight. They're chomping at the bit. I said yes to Poirier. said yes to Ferguson for October 24th. Didn't work out. Uh, so I ended up being the backup. But yeah, like you said, Matt, Everybody also also said all all he did was get a free vacation and all he had to do was make weight and it's like well if you're a guy who walks around in the upper 180s you know starting training camps at 187 188 uh, you can't just go show up and and make weight it's not that right. easy you have to put in six eight ten twelve weeks to get your body down to the body composition to be able to cut the water weight at the end to be able to make the weight you know so I was away from my family once again I threw myself I threw everything in my car drove back down to Florida like seven days after, after a, uh, you know, after that, uh, September or I fought in August threw back in September fought or went to a fight and made weight in October Then had a couple weeks off to actually give my body some rest and then, uh, you know, get back down and put my best foot forward and come down here and train for an eventual hopeful. I was hoping to fight in January and I got that wish and now I got Dan hooker. So let's go. Do you really walk around? You really walk around in you in, uh, the one eighties. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. I, I gotta, I gotta try extremely. I don't, I don't hit the one seventies till week three or four of training camp. You know, it takes, you know, and I, and I'm a guy, I'm a guy who doesn't really get very fluffy. You know, I don't carry a lot of body weight or about extra body fat either. You know, I'm probably sitting at 10%, 10% body fat, 11% body fat at 187. Yeah. Whereas some of these guys balloon up and you see it in their face and you see it in their, in their trunk and you see it everywhere where I'm just, I'm constantly training, but I like to lift weights. I like to stay active. I like to eat healthy. So when you're eating healthy, you're constantly putting in good fuel and your body continues to, to grow, you know? So I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Like as somebody that can't lose five pounds when I, when I, in a month, I'm fascinated by somebody who can regiment themselves to go from uh, one in the, in the, in the one eighties down to, to one, one It's just, it's, it's amazing to me. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it helps. And I always try to show, show people grace. I mean, people, people, it blows their mind when they say, they see how much weight we cut. Right, Matt. But it's like, you Matt, you know, you, you should get credit for doing it, but you shouldn't really get credit for doing it. Cause it's your job. Like you yeah, should yeah. do your job to the best of your ability. If I don't make weight, if I don't put myself in, in tip top shape, I don't put food on the table for my family, you know? So right. a guy like yourself, Jim, who's, you know, you try to lose five pounds, but there's really no repercussions if you don't. So it's kind of hard you know, maybe you make it a personal goal, but for me, it's literally my livelihood. But the, the, the repercussions for me are the faces that women make when they're underneath me. That, that, <laughs> oh, <be> the, <laughs> uh, the disgusted looks. <laughs> Abort mission. Why did I do this? No. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and I'm one of those, hey, between fights, I was one of those fluffy guys. So I love to eat, but I never yeah. missed weight, even at 155, which was rough. Yeah, I, I never, I never missed weight. You are a big 155er. And that's, and that's the thing though, too. And that's what, I mean, there's, there's the idea of, of putting yourself in starvation mode. Your body, you know, I just got done eating literally 464 calories, lean ground beef, a little bit of sweet potato, broccoli, and Brussels sprouts. I do that for 10 weeks straight. 
that my body is going into starvation mode. It's getting just enough fuel to be able to make it to my next workout, to be able to make it through my workout push. And I did that for nine months. I needed to go back home. I needed to eat a pizza. I needed to fall off, go off the wagon a little bit, harvest a little bit of body fat, Yeah, you know, and then, and then go back into training camp. Exactly. You need that balance or you burn out. Yeah. Especially mentally. You get to a point too, like, cause I like, like when you don't have to like after a fight and you're allowed to eat a little bit, uh, what, what's the first thing you'll go and do when you have, uh, I, I'm done fighting. Like, do you kind of reward yourself? Like I think Max Holloway always talks about how he likes to have a cupcake. Like some guys just have that thing that they look forward to as this uh, thing in the distance. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd say, you know, pizza, pizza or French fries, you know I mean? I, I don't eat a lot of carbs when I'm, when I'm training like, I eat just enough carbs to be able to, like I said, get me to and through my workouts. But, you know, some pizza. Um, I like Thai food. I like uh, Chinese food. But, you know, I, I try to keep it pretty healthy. I, I just eat more. You know, like right now, the, like right now, Matt, like you can attest to this. I'm at the point in the training camp where I eat something and I take that last bite and I look down at my empty plate and I'm so disappointed that it's over. It's yeah. like it's just not enough, yeah. right? Even so, if it's quinoa and chicken. Doesn't even yeah, 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 exactly. And it's so, so outside of training camp or like when I went home for those four weeks, I ate in excess, if you will. I ate, I ate more. I was like, well, I'm going to eat more because I can. I, if I'm okay if I hit 190 because I know I'm going to go back, get it back down. And within two weeks of training camp, I'll be back into the low 180s. And then four weeks, I'll be into the 170s and then 160s after that. So. And Hooker's been a very difficult guy to figure out. I mean, he's looked really great. Uh, even in his, his uh, last, his loss to, uh, to Poria, he's looked good. He's never not looked good. They, they're giving you not an easy, there's no easy fights uh, in, in the UFC. And they're definitely giving you a really, really tough opponent to start. Yeah. And, th and that's really what I asked for. You know, I didn't, I didn't come over, I didn't come over to, to beat around the bush and tiptoe around the lightweight division. You know, I, I, you know, I wanted to fight Ferguson, one of the scariest guys in the division, one of the one of the highest ranked guys in the division. I asked for Poirier. The fight was offered to Poirier. We were working on J Justin Gaethje. After Justin Gaethje fell through, uh, Dan Hooker was always being talked about, but then there was that glimmer of hope that maybe it was Oliveira because just because he's ranked higher. So that none of that is a knock at Dan Hooker. It's just sure. simply the rankings. What? How? How do I come in, beat somebody? And, and get in that title contention. That was always the goal. And, and either I am who I say I am or I'm not. And truthfully, I'm just as excited to find that out as you, as you guys and the fans are. Uh, so Dan Hooker is a tough out. He's a long-rangey guy. Um, as you said, he's, he's had some extremely great performances. You know, his last, uh, his last fight uh, with Poirier was a knockdown dragout with yeah. five, minute, five rounds. So, and now Poirier is essentially next in line for the title. Could, could have the title January 23rd. We don't know what's going to happen. Or will definitely fight for the title after that if he wins. No, I was going to say, and I'm one of the few guys that can actually feel, feel comfortable bringing this up, is the height difference. Because God knows I had to deal with that my whole career. And uh, when you see him being like six feet tall and you're what, five, six? No, I'm five nine, man. Come on. You're five nine? Five. I'm five nine, yeah. I five, five, hold on. Michael Chandler. How tall are you? On. How tall are you, Matt? I, I'm oh I'm five. I'm barely five six, to be honest. I'm stout. Yeah. I'm stocky. Yeah. But yeah. hold on a second. And I'm a solid two I'm, and a half inches taller than you. I'm looking at you. Have you seen Curb Your Enthusiasm when he goes, mm, yeah. he's looking at him? I'm looking yeah. at your eyes. Hold on. See if you can do it. Mm. Five nine, bro. I maybe with the hair yeah. Hair spiked with, with shoes, five nine, easy. Okay, that's okay. right. Nine's not that short at all. I'm no. just, I am just a little person. 
No, no, you're not. But but I think we all look shorter on TV because you're you're wide. You got the big muscles. You got the big legs. You got the big chest. So so every you look extra short, and I look extra short. Not to mention my my stance is extremely wide. So it's true. I have I fight not seen low. you. I fight small. I haven't seen you stand next to Joe Rogan because I feel like that guy's short, Joe. I feel Joe's short, and then I see me next to Joe. I go, oh my, what am I standing in a in a hole? No, <laughs> you know what I mean. Anyway, no. back to anyway. My point is this. <laughs> my, 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 my next question because i forgot i didn't realize he's that tall i thought yeah. he was shorter because i was really gonna actually ask you if you've ever fought anybody shorter than yourself and that's not I even have. a shot have i you? have no i Ooh. have yeah a guy named brandon gertz brandon gertz was a little bit shorter than me and he fought he fought very low maybe he was worried about the takedown but he fought very low so was that weird? Um, it was, was that- weird and i actually didn't like it i like fighting a guy who's taller than me you know i mean i actually I've, I've essentially fought guys that were taller than me my entire career because most guys are at least 5'9". They're in that 5'10", 5'11". D- Dave Rickles is six, one, six foot tall. Benson Henderson's easily 5'9 and a half, 5'10". You're used you know? to dealing with making up that distance. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, the old, the old Mike Tyson, the old Mike Tyson uh, strategy, right? right? Get inside, throw those big bombs, man. And for me, I get the, I get the luxury of, of being a wrestling, being a guy who's everyone's afraid of my wrestling. So I'm going high, I'm going low, touching his legs, uppercuts, hooks, man. Throw that big overhand, right, man. No. Knock him out, collect the paycheck, kiss my wife, go home. And obviously you want to be in title contention, of, of course, but realistically you think, let's say you have a great performance against uh, Dan Hooker. What, where do you think? And again, I guess it depends on what happens with Poirier and Connor, and if Habib decides to do anything other than what he said he's going to do. Um, what do you think you have to do to be next in line? Do you think you need this fight and maybe one more fight, or do you think an amazing performance in this fight uh, could put you there? What, what are your feelings? You never know, man. I mean, let's you know, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, it's it's up to the promotion it's up to the promoters it's up to the to the the whims and fancies of of the direction of the lightweight division i mean right now you know justin gaethje was sitting out he, he didn't he didn't want to fight me for whatever reason he i think he kind of wanted to see what connor and poirier were going to do right you know Oliveira sitting at number three rightfully so you got tony ferguson still hanging in the top five after losing two fights but you know he's always a perennial top five guy um i think i'm the guy who kind of comes in and shakes things up and and may the cards fall where they may. Right. You know, I, if I go out there, finish Dan hooker or have an impressive performance and I'm a guy that people want to see, I'm kind of the new guy who kind of proved the doubters wrong. Okay. All these other guys are, they've, they've, the UFC fans have seen these guys fight, you know, five, 10 times in the UFC octagon. I have the luxury of being the guy who comes in. I'm kind of the wild card, kind of the dark horse. Maybe I sink. Maybe I, maybe I swim. Maybe I do extremely well. I do extremely well. People are like, okay, I want to see that guy fight again. Right. Not to mention, Right after that, we saw Connor beat Poirier, or we saw Poirier beat Connor. Now I want to see Chandler fight that guy. So I could be next in line for the winner of Connor Poirier. They could have me fight Oliveira, Gaethje, you know, uh, who, who knows? I mean, I, I know it all is going to depend on what happens with Khabib, who, you know, I hope he comes back. I think he's one of the greatest combat sports athletes of all time, if not the best. Um, it would be awesome to compete against him. Nor, you know, not do I – I don't think I necessarily deserve that fight right away. If he, if he wants sure. to come back only for GSP or come back only for, for a huge fight like that, that has a lot of notoriety behind it. So be it, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm going to do my job January 23rd and then move on, move on forward after that. When they said Dan hooker, did you, could you said there was some names you guys were talking about and, and, and stuff like that. Did Dan hooker automatically like get you excited? 
because he is an exciting fighter and styles make fights. I knew when I found out that's the guy, because I was waiting to see who you're going to fight. Because listen, man, I'm excited that you're here. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. And uh, I'm like, who are they going to match you up with? So when I heard Dan Hooker, I don't even know why I wasn't thinking that at all. But I'm like, that's a great, great stylistic fight yeah you know and i think and, and i think that's one of the one of the things that's uh that gets me excited about this matchup he is a little bit under the radar he's a guy who's been silently working getting after it for a long time got some great wins i mean he 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 really needs to get a lot more credit for his last performance against dustin poria to take dustin poria to the deep waters and have a fight like that i mean that's that's the upper echelon it, it is the epitome of this ufc lightweight division so um He's a guy that his name wasn't being thrown around much, right? You know, everybody kept seeing in the headlines, they're working on Gaethje or they're working on Ferguson. Ferguson turns down the fight, then calls Chandler out. Then now everyone's 100% sure it was going to be Gaethje. You know, if anyone's going to take the fight, it's going to be Gaethje because he's a gamer. Not to mention the fact that when he came over from another organization with much less of a resume and much smaller organization than I have, he comes in, gets a top five guy right away. The right after that draws the – the former champion and Eddie Alvarez, had he win, won that fight, he would have got the title shot right away. So he wasn't exactly extending the same courtesy to me that he was extended by Michael Johnson just a few right. years ago. So we kind of thought that the Gaethje fight was going to happen. Um, and then, but Dan Hooker was always looming. Dan Hooker was actually one of the only guys, I, I believe him and Paul Felder were about the only guys that really said my name and kind of talked about wanting to fight me. Dan mm -hmm. Hooker, you know, kudos to you. And, and here we go. We get to go comp compete against each other. Yeah, there's, there's, and there's never a boring Paul Felder fight. Never. I mean, it, it, Paul Felder, people would, would want to see fight anybody, whether he wins or he loses, it doesn't matter. He's one of those guys that people just want to see fight. So either one of those fights would have been exciting to watch. But I think Hooker's a little higher in the rankings if I'm uh, – uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's two people higher. Uh, and what do you think about uh, Conor uh, Poirier? They're both kind of different fighters than they were um, during that first fight. They are. And it's actually really cool. You know, you take your, you take your competitor hat off, you take your fighter hat off and you just put your fan hat on. You think, man, the run that Dustin Poirier has been on yeah. capturing the interim title, obviously losing the Khabib, but that's who hasn't, let's be yeah. honest, you know, the right. guy's undefeated. Um, and then you look at Connor with hit with what he has done. He, he went from, you know, relative superstar to now the biggest combat sports icon on the entire planet since yeah. then. Um, had had a couple had a lot of ups, a couple downs. You know, big the big fight with Floyd Mayweather. They're just two completely different fighters than they were back in uh, a couple of years ago when they fought the first time. Both more mature, um, and I don't think Connor gets the credit that he deserves. I, I have always said that Connor's better than he, Connor's not as good as he thinks he is, but he's he's better than a lot of us think that he he is. Right? Because everybody was like, "Oh, he's just a talker. He's not that good." The guy's a phenomenal mixed martial artist. The guy has polished up his game. Um, and uh and he's tenacious he is he is he is living the lifestyle it, it seems he's you know the motivated connor that that people talk about as a scary guy and uh i think that fight if poirier if poirier weathers those first couple rounds uh it's going to get a very it's going to become a very interesting fight because just like we saw with connor versus nate diaz as soon as as soon as that gas tank starts kicking in um as soon as those later rounds those championship rounds start coming in then we uh, we see a little bit of a different Connor, not a bad Connor, not right. a subpar Connor, just not as dangerous, not as efficient, not as precise with his striking, which is his most his most dominant attribute as we as we see in those first couple of rounds, first one and two.
didn't he have, and again, it's been so many years since I've seen the fight, uh, the, the second Diaz fight where, where Connor took the decision, didn't he have a good later round? Like, I, if I remember correctly, he had one bad later round and one good later round. Am I just making that up or am I remembering that correctly? No, it's, it seems like I, 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 that's what I remember. I, I do remember, I do remember sitting there watching it thinking, okay, Connor's, Connor's gas tank has improved. Yeah. He's gotten better. Um, but it's also Nate Diaz, not, not to, not to, you know, throw shade at him, but Poirier is a different animal than Nate Diaz. Poirier throws punches and bunches like Diaz, yet he has the power, uh, in, in, in spades. So it'll be interesting. It should also be, uh, it should be said that this fight's taking place at 155, correct? Yeah, exactly. This also, the, the first right. knockout happened at 145, and Poirier's been a different fighter. I mean, that, that 10 pounds is a lot more than people think. He can a be, a, and he's shown he's a different fighter, both the way he fights, but it can also be the way he absorbs a punch. It yeah. really can. And, and the great, you know, the, the greatest thing, and I think one of the biggest misconceptions about this sport, you know, because every now and then we see, you know, we see Connor come in and make big waves in, the, in his early 20s. We see Max Holloway, you know, coming in at 19 or whatever, however old he was. John Jones, the youngest UFC champion at 21 or whatever. But this is still not necessarily a young man's game. You know, the, the human body, the human body just gets denser, more powerful, able to absorb more, absorb more punishment if you train correctly if you haven't been too many into too many wars, if you don't spar like a crazy animal. Uh, you know, you see the biggest superstars and some of the best athletes in this sport, they're post 30, you know. So now we're, we're, we're watching two guys who fought in their early 20s, um, early to mid 20s, now fight at 30, 31, 32 years old. And uh, I think we're going to see two more dominant, more mature, uh, more tenacious young men still in their prime, stepping into the octagon together. And it's, it's going to be, I'm, I'm going to go out there, finish my business against Dan Hooker. I'm going to throw my clothes on real quick, get out there in the, in the, uh, in the crowd and, and watch and, and hopefully see my next opponent. Isn't it crazy too? Like we, we, how many fighters are going into their forties now too? Like how much longer uh, are the lives of fighters are in the cage, which again, it could just be a different training or, or different, uh, you know, uh, ways of healing up when you get hurt. I, I don't know exactly what it is with nutrition, but it really is amazing to see how many guys are going longer now. Yeah. And, and you know, and you know, let's, let's not, let's not ever, you know, negate the fact that we're obviously taking damage. It's a dangerous sport, but I mean, I, I can't tell you, you know, I, I've been to a couple different gyms around, around the country, spent some time. I, I started in Las Vegas, spent some time in San Diego. Now I've been down here in Florida for the last you know, five years or so. And the way that we spar under, under the tutelage of Henry Hooft, it's hard, but it's not damaging. You know, we're not going a thousand percent to the head. We're going to go hard to the body. We're going to go hard to legs and we're going to touch each other up. We're going to put together our combinations, our punches and bunches. We're going to work our techniques. But if I got a guy you know, in a bad spot and his temple is staring right at me. I'm a bad training partner. If I just unload yeah. and just, cause man, it didn't make me any money and it definitely didn't make him any money. Yeah. My goal should be to make sure that me and my training partner get to that cage, get to that octagon safe so we can provide for our families. Not to mention the, the box of supplements over there that I, that I take every single day, twice a day, a lot of anti-inflammatories and fish oils, making sure my brain is properly, um, padded properly, you know, nutrition, hydration, uh, all the different types of recovery. You know, you're just seeing, you're seeing a sport that started out as barroom brawlers, barbaric turning into 
more and more professional athletes taking this sport more seriously. And, and with that, you're going to see longevity in a lot of cases. What do you think of turmeric? Turmeric? Tur- turmeric. Yeah, I take it. I take it every single morning um, and every single night. So curcumin. What do you do? So it's, it's one of the strongest anti-inflammatories, you know, known to man. It's a, uh, it's a root. You can actually, it's, it's usually right next to ginger, ginger root and turmeric root kind of at Whole Foods. You can grab these little, they look like Matt, they look like little like centipedes, right? They look like little yeah. caterpillars, you know? Yeah. Um, little, they look like little turds, but then you can shave them off and you can put them in your smoothies, put them in your shakes. But I just have them in a powder form in capsules and I take them every morning, every night. If I'm, if like I'm dealing with an injury or body feels run down to get, to get through that in, inflammatory process, I, I'll take a little bit of extra because you can't take too much. I don't want to sound like an old guy, but from my arthritis, Jimmy, and yeah, I did, right, right. <laughs> you're saying you can't take too much meaning as much as you take is okay. Yeah. I mean, you probably shouldn't take, too, you know, I don't okay. know what the recommended dose is necessarily, but I mean, it's one of those that if you just take too much, you just pee it out, which your pee turns really expensive. So you're probably wasting oh. <laughs> money. So there, there's that fine line of not, you know, not being wasteful, but you know, a guy like me, the most important thing in my life is, is my health. Uh, to be able to go inside that inside that octagon and, and make a living for my family. So if my if I waste a little bit of money on a little bit of extra turmeric, so be it. And fish oil is good for your brain. Uh, what is that? Because I took it for a while and then I, I stopped. I don't know why I stopped. What, what does it do for your brain? It's uh, it, so your brain is the biggest. It's like it's got the most fat in your entire body. Your brain is all fat essentially. So just making sure you supplement with DHA, EPA, which are your omega three fish oils. Um, and I take probably a little bit more you, the biggest thing is realizing that recommended dose for a guy like me is not enough, you know, probably not even, even for, for most people, the recommended dose is just enough. What is it? The, the FDA essentially makes those, um, it's just enough not to get some certain disease or whatever, some certain negative effects or whatever. It's just enough. So I always kind of double it, triple it. I ain't scared. I just take as much as take as much as possible throwing money down the drain probably, but man, uh, I feel great. I'm sitting here at 34 years old. I still feel like I'm 24 years old. I wake up in the morning. I, I show up to practice and I got these 25 year old kids being like, gosh, dang, man, yeah. my body hurts. And I'm like, dang, dude, I feel great, man. I'm, I'm a decade older than you, you know, and I, I'm really still great, competing man. at a high level and I'm just blessed to be able to do what I'm doing. And, but a lot of it comes, comes down to fish oils, you know, fats, um, and a good diet and proper supplementation. Well, listen, I want to formally apologize for trying to bring you down to my level. That's okay, man. Six. You <laughs> listen, are not, flip that six around. You are hey. five nine. My bad. When I hey, see you too, what I'm going to do. Yeah. Go, you're right, Mikey. You're, you're, you're taller. <laughs> I don't know. You might. You know, I'm going to make sure I got some tall shoes on whenever I see you, just to, just to make sure. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I know but, a reporter like that. This guy well, that's – yeah, heck yeah, man. You know, you got, I mean, I've, I've been holding it down for the short people for, for a long time, man. Small guy from a small town, man. That's, that's, uh, that's kind of my thing. And, uh, yeah. I get called a midget all the time. I get called Chad Mendez 2.0. I get called it all. You know, I got, <laughs> I'm, I'm a stocky, I'm a stocky guy, Matt, you know, we're, we're stocky guys. So 100%. being stocky, holding a little bit more muscle makes us look shorter. Plus my yes. fight style, the way I fight is shorter, but no apology needed. Oh, thank you, buddy. Well, listen, man, I'm really yeah. looking forward to watching you fight. I know it yeah. hasn't been a year like people think. It's only been four months, but it's, you know, everybody's uh, looking forward to it, you know? Yeah. I'm excited. And it's uh, really cool. You know, I obviously I documented my experience with y'all last time. The difference, man, it's been, uh, it's been really, really cool, man, coming over and can't say enough about the organization. 
the promotion. And I am, uh, man, I'm excited to get inside that octagon and compete, you know, yeah. finally, finally give the UFC fans a, a, a dose of who I am. Okay. I'm not just a fitness model. I'm not just here to make weight. Right. So it's, uh, one of them things, you know, I- enjoy the process and, uh, go get that gold in 2021. All right, Michael. Well, look, uh, yeah, have a great fight, man. Your first, uh, your first time uh, in the cage for the UFC is uh, against uh, Dan Hooker. Not an easy, uh, not an easy fight for either guy. Like you both have uh, a very, very uh, difficult guy in front of you, and the co-main for uh, Connor and Dustin Poirier. Just hey, if, if I wanted, if I wanted easy, I would have just stayed, stayed on the path I was on. I came over here because I, I want a hard, I want a hard life. I want, I want, I want all the yeah. pressure. I want it all. I, ha- I had it all. I had it all. I had a path. It was all laid out for me. Could have just sailed off into the sunset, man. But I made this, made this decision to come over and make waves. So let's go do it, boys. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you after the fight. And uh, have a good trip out there and a great fight. Appreciate you guys. See you. All right, Mike. All right, Mike. Take care. Take care, buddy. Funny, I just want to, it's funny he's promoting a fight and I just want to I just want to pick him for uh, for vitamin information but a guy I mean, who lives that healthy I mean I might as well right I started asking him first I'm like what do you think of that Terminic he's like oh that's right I'm like yeah I figured I had him on the guy absolutely I, listen I could have swore he's my height but he's taller Jimmy I am a proud short stocky man yeah you are you should be you proud I am proud little fella I am so proud of it you understand and Jimmy, I'm sorry that I'm not on a bicycle for um, me neither a disease. Me neither. And I'm not helping out as much as I should. But I do give the gift of self-defense and some decent humor. I try to spread joy. I try to spread love. I try to spread positive energy. And you whether, do. Whether it's through a cameo, I do. <laughs> That's an amazing plug <laughs> well done what a sh- what a shameless no garbage i am not at all it, a per- it slid right in there i didn't even why know you were doing it why when dean thomas is out doing he is writing almost a day a whole day right 11 now man what did he say two days no one day he's riding he's on that bicycle okay Mm-hmm. Well, I got to bring up me doing cameos. Oh, but I, let me tell you, I put a lot into them. You do. I'll sing a happy birthday real quick. Jimmy, what else is going on with you? Honestly, not a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm doing Chip Chipperson cameos. I'm doing my own cameos, too, but people prefer Chip. And uh, that's it. I'm going to go food shopping. Dude, <laughs> that's- look, can I tell you something? I heard yes. you said about food shopping. It's depressing me, but listen to me. <laughs> Dean Thomas just gave me a great text. Should I read it on air or is that, is that violating? Well, it depends on what he says. He gave me a, he's known for breaking my balls. So it it actually fits in exactly to what we were just talking about by me giving no value to anybody. (laughs) Jimmy, stop it. We, we help out people. People tell me they, they, they get in touch with me, whether it's a DM or a message. And they tell me that we help them get through their drive home or get through work. Do you know that? Don't you feel good about that? Or you I've just, never been told that. Don't say that, Jimmy. You, you, you look, you're smiling because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm just saying that Dean Thomas gave me a nice text about my positive energy yeah. and that I help more people than I might know. I'm just leaving it like that. Dean Thomas, I'm going to love this message. Is that, is that make me a little less of a man? Or I love the message. I give a heart. No. 
No, I, well, you're saying you love the message. I'm, t- I'm thank- All right, I'm just writing thanks, buddy. That's nice. Why did I sound that pathetic? That he's giving me a, a, a I'm, I'm really not that bad a person message. Uh, no. <laughs> nice. Jimmy, why are you got one foot out the door, Jimmy? I'm not going to talk to you for a while. No, I, no, I'm listening. I, oh, I hate that you're going to be gone. That's right. I got, I got to do it with Bob Kelly and someone else next week. Monday, I'm going, but I think I'm going to be on Wednesday show. Okay, good. good. I, I mean, at least I can call in or something. Or I know. Of course you can. You're we got to figure out the time schedule. I'm going to be. Yeah. I'm going to be at uh, Fight Island. One oh. of these months, I want to get out there before the pandemic is over. I would like to get out there. Even if we just do a podcast, um, I would like to see it. I got to pack my bathing suit. Some yes, you do. I would never go to the pool at Fight Island where I look naked now. Terrible. Nah, you don't got to go there naked, Jimmy. No, would, I mean, even my stomach. I mean, not possibly get locked up. What's that? I mean, with my, my, with my shirtless, I wouldn't go at this point. I'm back on my <laughs> diet. Well, Jimmy, listen, it's not, I, I was going to bring up to our, uh, our guest, Michael Chandler, that yes, your, or Dean Thomas, that you got that, that uh, red in your eye from playing your, your VR. I did, but I, but I did not bring that it's getting up. better. By the way, I am healing. I love the VR. I got my mic fixed, Jimmy. So when we play, we can actually talk together. Awesome. And we will definitely do that soon. I have a good time. Jimmy, I will talk to you soon. And listen, by the way, Bobby Kelly, I like him a lot. Why don't we have, he was also great on that roast I watched with you. He's hilarious. Attacking the Vaughn. That was yeah. so fun. Uh, Rich Vaughn, that was so funny. Can you have your comedian friends on more often? Because I like to. Whenever they I want. I like them. And I also love when Dean Thomas. Yeah. You know, we have. I love a- our regulars. Yeah, we have a good time. Jimmy, I will see you soon. I will talk to you by next week for sure. Okay, buddy. Have a good anything one. You want, anything you want to plug? No. Had a delightful time. Thank you, Dean Thomas and Michael Chandler. Later, everybody.